Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. You can get the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can find more information about Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome. I got my good co-host with me, Scott. Hey, Irvin. How you doing today? Good. We got our very special guest and friend of the show, Sarah. Say hi, Sarah. Hey, guys. This is Sarah. Hey, we are so happy to have us with us. But as we always do, we must start and anchor ourselves in prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace, your compassion, and most of all, your long suffering towards us. Thank you that we have every spiritual gift to conform us to the likeness of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Guys, let's jump right into it. We've got a great topic today. I'm really excited about it. We're going to talk about work-life balance in recovery. So I would like to start with Sarah because as we were talking earlier before the show, as it relates to women in recovery, that's definitely a challenge with kids, with the career with all the things that they have going on. So, Sarah, what's your take on it? Um, Two things I have. Um, If you're not in recovery yet, work-life balance can be something that, you know, gets you drinking too much, actually. Um, Right. I have a friend that went to treatment, and she had a horrible work-life balance, and that's kind of what caused her to start drinking in the first place. Mm -hmm. And you know, she was expected to do everything, and right. she had six children. She had oh. to work. She was um, the wife of a pastor, so there's mm-hmm. expectations there. Yeah. Um, and she ended up going to treatment, and that yep. was one of the things that she talked about is how that was never discussed in the mm-hmm. church. That was never discussed in the home. Yeah. Um, everything was just expected from her. And so being a woman in recovery and having gone to treatment, that's something right. that I learned in treatment was mm-hmm. – how to have work-life balance, and how to have balance, period. Right. Well, I was sitting over here as you were speaking. I was like uh, going into shock and deja vu because when I look back at my own alcoholism and when I really started to spiral was because there was no balance, there was a lot of work, and there was a lot of pressure at work. And then I noticed that I started to, I was stressing out all the time, and then I started to drink and drink more. And every time I would stress about something at work, the, it was like a trigger is, is what I would say. Yeah. And not only that, just, you know, a lot of jobs now, it doesn't matter what profession you're in. Drinking is such the norm yeah. that that's what you do after work. You go and have drinks or that's what you do with customers. Yeah. You go and have drinks. And so it becomes this um, crutch. Yeah. Uh, well, the crutch, and then when that obsession kicks in, right, you cross that point of no return, and you go from taking clients out or celebrating the wins mm-hmm. to now I just I have to keep feeding it. Yeah, and then you get in that cycle of guilt and shame, and all of a sudden there are no clients, and you're yeah. taking you yourself and I out <laughs> for the drinks. They're, <laughs> they're going back to the hotel. Or for my case, it was always on the road traveling. You know, they're they're going back to the hotel. Yeah. They call it a night. You know, and I'm going to find the the, the dark, lonely bar yeah. that I can. Nobody's going to judge me in. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I, I I heard, and I was I was somewhere, and I was talking with uh, a group of uh, pastors, and they said to me, 
that you know we're a drinking church, right? And I was like, what? A drinking church? Because, again, I was naive because when you've been away from the church and you're in sin, shame, and alcoholism, and I'm sitting there saying, well, is it the stress or is it, you know, because they are under a lot of stress as well. And one of the things that I know, and this will relate back to work-life balances, some of the careers that we have and we choose isolate us, right? When you work from home, you're on Zoom, but you have a lot of time by yourself, that that also can help trigger, you know, the loneliness, the depression, and can lead you to drinking to excess. Absolutely. There's a lot of pastors and priests out there Mm -hmm. that have, you know, just all types of people's worries and sufferings on their shoulders and they themselves don't get any kind of help. They don't, um, they don't get any kind of counseling. And so that, you know, builds up over time. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think as, as members or parishioners or what, you know, whatever they happen to call the people that attend their church, right. They, they put them on a pedestal that somehow they're, you know, they're, they're not impacted by all that. Like us normal humans are right. Really? Is they're just as human as we are? Yeah. Right. They're no different. Yeah. The the one thing that I noticed when I got out that helped me with balance was, it's going to sound simple, a calendar, meaning a 30-day calendar where I wasn't drifting. Because one of the symptoms that led me into alcoholism and addiction was I never had a plan. I just kind of was drifting through life. And then when you drift through life, Not only will you not have balance, you will not be organized, and more importantly, you won't be disciplined, and then you live by the seat of your emotions, and your emotions are always, well, I want this, let's do this, let me do this, let me go have a drink to feel better. So if you could talk to us a little bit, Sarah, and then you, Scott, about how you organize yourself, your time, and your calendars to keep yourself disciplined around not drifting. Yeah, um, I love that question because... For me, I, I was like you. I was kind of scatterbrained. <laughs> um, I do fly by the seat of my pants. I'm kind of that salesy type mentality yep. and I have everything in my head. Yep. I don't like calendars. I don't love organization. Um, at one point I did, but when you get so busy and you're a mom and you're working and you're doing all the things, everything's just in your head, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. And so, yes, for me, it, I have to be very intentional about being organized yep. and very intentional about um, work-life balance. And mm-hmm. so it had, for me, it had to, I had to take some steps back and kind of look at my week, mm-hmm. um, plan my week, and everything in that week had to include you know, something for the mind, body, and the spirit, you know, plug in time for church, plug in time for prayer and meditation, plug in time for AA meetings, Mm -hmm. plug in time for counseling, plug in times for playing with your kids. I mean, all of those things are so important. Um, I too had to get a calendar and write all that stuff down. (laughs) And if you have to color code it, color code it, you know, now the Apple um, calendars have, you know, work, home, Mm -hmm. uh, church, all the different colors for things. And so that, that is very helpful for me, but there are different types of personalities out there. And there's some people that live by organization and calendars and those, those people too have, you know, a hard time whenever they get sober, because if something doesn't go according to that calendar, that can spin them out of control. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I was not big into calendars until sobriety. I mean, like about the only thing a calendar did for me was let me know what flight to be on mm-hmm. for work and what hotel I was staying in. Because mm-hmm. uh, outside of that, I was full-time on whatever client I was at and yeah. where I was. But in today's world, um, I, I, I live by my calendar. And um, But, it, you know, Irvin, you talk about having that rhythm of recovery. And, yeah. And, and Sarah, you mentioned it. It's it's factoring in time for all those things that are important in life mm-hmm. and trying to keep balance. And and I'm not perfect at it. And and my, my wife's sitting right here, and she'd be the first to tell you I need to factor in, you know, exercise time. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I need to start working on. Yeah. Because uh, I've let that slip. It's easy to start letting things slip. Yeah. And that's okay. That's just part of being human. Mm-hmm. But as for those in recovery, it's being more mindful of that because that's how the slips happen. Yeah. That's how the relapse happens, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody I know that's relapsed, and I know from my own story, I did it outside of recovery because I tried all the things that, I'll never forget when I read the big book for the first time at, at La Hacienda, and I thought, wow, who's been living in my house? Yeah. And I tried all those things <laughs> to stop drinking, yeah. right? And um, and it, the, it always went back to, going back to it was always over something I was upset about. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. Yeah. Right. And that's what catches us alcoholics is we let the things slip and then all of a sudden we build a resentment and then we don't like the way we feel about it and the anger and whatever that is. And so then we decide that little voice says, well, maybe you're overreacted. You know what? will make that feel better. Just have one drink. Yeah. And oh, one drink man. quickly leads to and everybody. I know it's relapsed. It's the same story. It's, yeah. it's a resentment and it took weeks and, and months sometimes for it to build. In recovery and addiction, we talk about mm-hmm. cross addiction. And once yeah. you get sober, um, <laughs> you can kind of turn to other things. Yeah. And that can become a new addiction. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we don't talk about very much is is busyness. And oh, yeah. that is a cross addiction. Yeah. And that's kind of what happened to me. You know, I was sober. I was going to meetings. But then I put all my eggs into being the best employee. Yeah. And then... I achieved that. And when I kind of couldn't get higher in yeah. a position, it was like, okay, now what? Now mm-hmm. what do I do? Um, and I became restless, irritable, and discontent, just Ooh, like yes. the book said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I had to, you know, I started going to a therapist and he asked me the question, yeah. what does your work life balance look like? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, you have, you have to be an achiever because that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And you've achieved all these things and you've gotten all these accolades and you're still feeling the same way. Yeah. What if you were to put all of that attention onto volunteering or doing something outside extracurricular, like working out? So yeah. two things that I did is I started going to Camp Gladiator, which is a fitness program. Mm-hmm. And I started volunteering um, yeah. at the YMCA. I okay. taught my daughter basketball and I started, um, I was a Girl Scout troop leader. Yeah. Which, I mean, at the time I was like, I would never do all these things, but it did. It brought me joy that I have never experienced before, but in a different arena. And so um, that's kind of where it started for me, where I started to feel this shift and this balance. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like the light bulb started going off. And I, I found myself at peace and happy about who I was and what I could contribute Yeah, other than work. I could contribute to society. I could contribute to the little minds and hearts of children. Mm-hmm. And I know we we all talk about the importance of prayer and meditation. I want you guys to talk 
uh, to our listeners about how you make time for the Lord in your busy schedules. Ladies first. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think, so we go back to recovery. And for mm-hmm. me, that that was AA. Yeah. Um, I got sober, went to treatment. It, they showed me some tools. Mm-hmm. I used those tools when I got out. And AA was something that I, I landed myself upon. AA yeah. and church went back to both. Yeah. But AA for me um, brought me back to the basics and it was simple. Mm-hmm. And I had mm-hmm. to be taught those simple principles to do the bigger things because yeah. I would always want to go to the bigger things first. Mm. And so for me, um, we call it the five alive in AA and it's pray in the morning, pray at night, call your sponsor, go to meetings, read some late day literature. Mm-hmm. And so practicing those things on a daily basis allowed yeah. me to you know, put time for God in the morning, Okay. put time for God in the evening, Yeah. make sure I'm going to church mm-hmm. um, on Sundays. And so doing that over time, when, when I didn't do those things, yeah. <clears throat> I did become restless, irritable, and discontent, or I did yeah. become uneasy. And so I had to remember what haven't I done today? Yeah. And that was part <laughs> of it, you know? Yeah. And so that has just gotten um, bigger and better over time. You know, there's times where I need a lot more Jesus. There's times that I need a lot more AA. And so that's kind of that, that balance is mm-hmm. when you kind of start to get in a position where you feel like, you know, how to get and attain those things faster. Yeah. That's when, you know, you, you're starting to get a lot better and a lot more balance in your life. What you guys got. Thank you, yeah, sir. I think it's the same. One of the things I liked about La Hacienda is they had a, a Christian focus group side of it that I participated in, but they also had um, the early morning devotional time. Mm-hmm. Up on Serenity Hill, you know, and I, and I went to that. So I, I began to learn to layer that stuff back into my life mm-hmm. that I hadn't done for so long. Yeah. And early recovery looks different than today. And, and like Sarah, I, I, I and y'all did, you know, I, I scheduled time for A meetings. I yeah. scheduled time for quiet time. I scheduled time to walk. I scheduled time to eat, right? I, I take care of the basics. Yeah. And then trying to be careful as the life became uh, busy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that was not just go be busy to be busy, you know, trade one addiction for another. I've seen yeah. people trade business, uh, you know, excessive working out, right. They're constantly in the gym yeah. all day instead of in a I've bar or whatever that looks like. Yeah. It, it's how do you start to layer things in and still be responsible and take care of the things you need to take care of. And I, and I, and I fail at it at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just trying to remember, I need to have especially time with God. I need to have that. Yeah. Whether some days it's five minutes, some days it can be an hour and it just depends yeah. on where I'm at in life and what's going on. And, and, but I'm also trying to remember he's always there and I don't have to time box it mm-hmm. on my calendar either. Um, you know, I think back to, uh, Richard Rohr's book, uh, breathing underwater starts with a great poem. That's about, lady who built her house by the sea and, and she admired the sea from a distance and eventually yeah. the sea overtook her. Right. And mm-hmm. I felt like that as an alcoholic, right. That life overtook me, alcoholism overtook me and I'm just drowning. Yeah. And by doing those basics and building up to a life I have today, I can now walk in the water and I know how to breathe. You know, life's going to happen good yeah. and bad. Um, but I can handle it better because I started with the basics and built that foundation. 
for me, as it relates to the good Lord, uh, my, my great grandmother used to always say the good Lord. So me and the good Lord, I had to make a goal for me. I, I have to go and see the good Lord early in the morning. And my wife will attest to this. She's like, you're not very detail oriented. So taking her feedback, I have become more detail oriented to the point I plan my day. And I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just telling you what I do. I try to give God 10% of my time every day. Now, that is because also my wife will tell me, you are acting like you did when you were an alcoholic. You just like sober right now. So you need to get it together. So to keep from doing that, what I have found in my rhythm of recovery is if I'm spending that amount of time with the good Lord, then I tend to my character defects and those behaviors show up a whole lot less. Right. So I'm, I'm very disciplined about my calendar. I'm very disciplined about the time I spend um, with the good Lord. And it has, it has worked for me. And I'll be very honest when I don't spend that time with him first thing in the morning, or I don't spend that same amount of quality time with him. Um, then I, I can, I just feel like I'm just sober. I'm not really, you know, I'm not spiritually fit. Right. And the key is to be spiritually fit. And I know I've talked about this with a number of men who are in recovery I I wonder, Sarah, often, is it the same for women when you're not in your rhythm of recovery or working, your plan? Absolutely. I mean, it just looks a little bit different because mm-hmm. you have a lot more busyness with kids and, and chores and mm-hmm. cooking and all the other things. But, you know, I, for me, I mean, I start yelling at the kids more or mm-hmm. um, yelling at my husband more, getting resentful at him, you know, and so... Yeah, all, I mean, it just looks different for us. But if I'm not, you know, spiritually fit, then I'm not emotionally fit. And so yeah. that correlates with everything that goes on in my daily life. And so it's so important for me to go to the Word. And, um, you know, Step 11 says sought through prayer and meditation. So they ask us to do that. You yeah, know, yeah. it's very clear. <laughs> go to the Lord. Yeah. Spend time in prayer and meditation. And I think what you forget is prayer is asking and yeah. meditating is listening. So yeah. we forget that, yeah. you know, you have to also just listen to what he's asking you to do. Yeah. Um, that's, that's so important. And I don't want to lose that because it, what I have, I've noticed this pattern. So let's say I, I set aside a couple of hours to spend with the Lord. My dad always says this. He said, son, prayer is a conversation. So, you need to talk, but you also need to let the good Lord talk, right? And then I realized that I never really get the revelation until I'm almost done, right? I've been there, I've meditated, I've I've sat down and I prayed and I'm listening to the Lord. And then the revelation comes after a very long period. And I'm like, wow, I could have missed that if I had not just waited in the presence of the Lord. And I think that's so important because so many times in prayer, We just dump our needs and wants on the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I need this, this, and that. I need this. Bless this. Bless that. Bless that. Okay, thank you, Lord. And we don't realize like he aspires for us to have a relationship with him, right? And a relationship is there's reciprocity. 
you listen, you talk, and you get to know one another. And the Lord wants us to to know him and know his character and his faithfulness. I think you, you go back to scripture, right? And it, it talks about be still and know that I'm God. Yep. And and I mentioned this in the last show. In fact, I was, I was meeting with a good friend this morning. And we were talking about this. And, and I know I mentioned this song in the uh, last time I was in here was about, you know, the Rolling Stones simply for the devil. And Mm -hmm. there's the line that says, why puzzle you is the nature of my game. Mm -hmm. Right. And and his playground for me is in my mind, the busyness of my mind. And, oh, I'm just going to do the rope prayer real quick. God, 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 I need, I need it. Versus just sit and be still. And it takes time for my mind to slow down. Yeah. But that's when he's going to speak because he's not going to be distracted by our busyness. Yeah. You know, when we're ready, he's there. He'll share. And that's the thing is he's always ready. It's, it's us. It takes us <laughs> yeah, forever yeah. to bring it to the cross, you yeah. know, and put it all, lay it all mm-hmm. down at the cross. Like, why don't we do that yeah. faster? Uh, you know, I, I, I think there is the pride, the self-will and the self-sufficiency and the need to control. I'm just telling you about the guy behind the mic. Those are my reasons why. And when I catch myself that way, I said, Hey man, you, you know what? You need to stop this. God already knows what you think, and he already knows what you need. Let's get in fellowship, right? We have to realize, God, we're the vessel. He's doing all the work. He wants to work in and through us for our good and for his glory. So we're going to have more with Sarah and my co-host Scott on the other side. We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal. And the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. Welcome back. It's your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find information about the book at FromBeerToTheBible.com. You can support Hampton Ministries at HamptonMinistries.org. Well, guys, we're going to allow Sarah. We have so enjoyed you. You're always a blessing and great friend of the show. So, Scott and I, thank you. And may God continue to richly bless you and your family and your work. Uh, so we want you to close us out tonight on work-life balance in recovery. Um, I just think that it's important to recognize where you are. Um, if you're not, you know, if you're off balance in any area of your life, then take action. And it's all about mm-hmm. action. You know, that is what we learn in AA. That's what we learn yeah. um, in church. Um, service work is super important. Yeah. Um, getting out of your head, getting out of yourself, Mm. going and um, serving other people is so important to work-life balance. Um, Getting into the Word, reading your Bible, uh, reading your meditations, getting up in the morning and and praying. Mm -hmm. Um, And don't forget that if we are off and we have done some of these things, 
and we're still feeling depressed or anxious or any Mm -hmm. of those things, it's okay for us to call upon a doctor or a therapist and um, make yourself an appointment, you know. And sometimes we do need medication to balance us out. Sometimes we need therapy to balance us out. And there's no shame in that game at all. And so I just think that we just need to recognize where we are in this process and, you know, seek guidance from other people who've been there before. Mm -hmm. Seek guidance from your friends, your peers, your fellows in AA, your fellows in the church. Um, Ask for help. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing is don't be afraid to ask for help because it's important. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And I want to leave you today with the love. I love you. The faith is in Christ Jesus and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.